Okay, we're in a series about emotions. If you missed the first couple, then you can catch up on that because I'll review it for a second, but you need to watch them or listen to them to get the whole, whole content. But uh, emotions, we're emotional people. God created us that way. We have good emotions and we have some not good, so good emotions. And one thing we tend to make a mistake about emotions, I think, is that we can't control them. You know, I'm just, they're out of control. Well, Jesus says otherwise, and so uh, there is a way to control them. So we're talking mostly about negative emotions. Don't need to control the positive ones, obviously. And so uh, that's where we're going today, topics envy. I uh, want to start out with a question. How many of you are on some form of social media? I obviously can't see the people at home, but how many are here at present? How many of you are on some form of social media? Okay. About half of you. All right. Some good things about social media, right? Uh, in fact, we have a family that a tree fell on their house on Monday, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, the way I found out about that was through Facebook. I even got pictures. Um, found out about that. So we could connect with them and pray for them. And, and so we can, I celebrate people's birthdays. I find out. I send them a, a uh, a message saying happy birthday, whatever. People do that for me. So there's some good stuff that happens on social media. Now, one of the negatives about social media is this. It causes us to be discontent. We see people go on this fantastic vacation, and we think, well, why can't I go on fantastic vacations like that? Or we see somebody with this beautiful house or swimming pool, and you know, I don't have one of those or a car, or even people. It could be, uh, you know, their spouse is prettier or more handsome than mine, or their kids are, are more talented than mine. Or, or it's just so easy to become discontented and, and unhappy with my lot in life when I compare it to other people. So there's a problem with comparison. That's where envy comes in. <clears throat> so in this series, we're trying to do a how-to, how to help you with emotions. So we say how to say no to the emotions that seek to control you. Because sometimes our emotions do get controlled, don't they? And especially if in a negative way. And part of the problem is our mouths, isn't it? <laughs> That's where it gets most, most of the time gets us in trouble. When we are negatively in some emotional state, something comes out of our mouths that we regret. We say something we shouldn't said, and somebody gets hurt, and so that is part of the problem. Now, we apologize, and we say, well, I don't know where that came from, but Jesus tells us where it does come from, and we are responsible. So our basic text is in Matthew chapter 15. Jesus is talking. He says, anything you eat passes through the stomach and goes into the sewer. We all experience that all the time. It's part of life, bodily function. But, big but. But the words you speak come from the heart, or better translation would be mind. That's what defiles you. That's what gets you into trouble with other people and with God. And when we get in trouble with other people, God's not happy about that. You want to upset me? You do something to my, one of my kids. And so when you and I do something to one of God's kids, all, all uh, mankind, um, God doesn't like that. God's not happy with that. Now, on the other hand, just because you do, say, break a law, but 
do something, especially accidentally break some kind of a uh, dietary law or cleaning your hands or whatever, it's absurd to think that upsets God. That doesn't upset God. That doesn't, you know, get you on God's uh, no-no list. The way we treat people is the problem. And most of the time, the problem comes through our mouths. So, what is the root problem? Why do those things come out of our mouths? Well, Jesus tells us in the next verse. For from the heart or the mind comes evil thoughts. Thoughts come from the mind. That's why it's a better translation. And here's a list, the evil ones. Good thoughts, but sometimes evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander. Uh, Matthew wrote this part. Uh, Mark, another gospel writer, which means of the life of Christ. Greed, wickedness, excuse me. Envy, there's our word. Pride and foolishness. These are what defile you. These are the things that get you in trouble with other people and with God. Eating with unwashed hands, that'll never be a problem. <clears throat> so, where is the source of our negative emotions? In this case, envy. Well, it starts here. If I don't have evil or negative thoughts, I will not have negative emotions. So, our emotions are connected to us, who we are, to our, 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 our mental state. What we normally try and do is monitor our behavior, okay? I might have these negative emotions, I'll just put a hand over my mouth so I don't say something that gets me into trouble. But the problem with that is we're not perfect at it, are we? And we slip up. So Jesus is telling us a better way. Get control of your thoughts and then you won't have the issue with your emotions. Think about it this way. If I take my car and run into your car out here in the parking lot, whether it's by accident or not, and I say, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, Claudia has a new, new car to her. Um, she would be a little upset about that, wouldn't she? Even if I apologized. She would still be hurt. She would still be upset. So, we can't undo what we've done, but the damage is done. And so this is why it's so important. Now, last week we talked about guilt. And if you struggle with guilt, uh, what I would suggest, or Jesus, or in this case, Paul would suggest in putting in your mind is Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says, There is no condemnation or guilt to those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're a Jesus follower, what I do is if guilt begins to bubble up in me, that emotion, I quote that verse to me. Well, no, 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 no. I don't have any condemnation. I don't have any guilt. So today's topic is something kind of ugly. <laughs> uh, guilt's ugly, but so is this, and that is, of course, envy. Dealing with envy. Now, I don't know about you, but one of the problems for me with envy is this. When I'm envious of someone, and for whatever reason, they have a fall, you know, somebody, you know, important or famous, and they have a fall for just a second or a couple seconds, ah, I'm just, I'm so happy, I'm happy, uh, you got yours, you know, um, you, you've, you've fallen. And now I catch myself, <laughs> and I say, no, that's, that, that's bad, that's ugly, that's, no, 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 I shouldn't feel that way. But just for a few seconds, uh, envy creeps in. 
So I give you a definition of envy. It's nothing special. It's something that gives us a little, little uh, something to little focus in on. <clears throat> the distress or resentment, there's a biggie problem. We feel when others have what we want. And what happens with envy is this kind of artificial competition that takes place that the other person often has no awareness of. In fact, we get envious of people that we have no contact with. We don't know them. They don't know us. And we still become envious of them. <clears throat> and in this competition, we're going to see nothing good comes. Now, we're going to look at something Solomon wrote. That's, we looked at something he wrote last, last week. We looked at something he wrote. He didn't write it last week. And we're going to look at something he wrote, uh, two things he wrote uh, this week. One is in uh, a book he wrote, a book in the Bible called uh, Proverbs, and there's a lot of wisdom there. Solomon was a very wise person. He was also a king and a very rich person, ultra-rich. So he had this brilliance, but also all this financial resources. And here's what he says about envy. Very graphic to me, anyway. Envy rots the bones. You ever see anything rotting? Very uh, putrid, very unpleasant. And he says, that's what envy does to you and I. It rots our bones. Another, actually, message paraphrase, paraphrase puts it this way. Runaway emotions, like a envy, but others also, erode or rot the bones. <clears throat> Not very pretty, right? <laughs> so, um, there's no upside in envy. There's no upside in comparing. Because uh, you got two options when you compare. One, it either makes you arrogant. Well, my house is bigger than your house. My job is better than your job. My spouse is prettier or more handsome than yours. My kids are better behaved than yours. The list is endless. I have a nicer car, etc., etc. Something I it's easy for me to be envious of somebody's gifts or talents or abilities. In my case, somebody speaks, a public speaker. It just, the words just flow so beautifully. And I, when I struggle with that. So that's one side of comparison. Comparing. Uh, I can be arrogant of the, of the person that I think I'm better than. But more likely the problem is what? Well, I become discouraged or depressed or upset because they have something I don't have. Again, bigger house, more money, better job, uh, more athletic prowess, whatever it might be. <clears throat> so, it's a no-win situation. It, and the biggest problem is it ruins relationships. When you compete with your spouse or you compete with your siblings or you compete with... Uh, now, there's a healthy way to compete, but that's not what we're talking about. <clears throat> so, here's the solution. I'm going to give you the solution. Ready? Here it is. Just stop it. Just stop doing it. Now, everybody's good now, right? Nobody's going to envy anymore? <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? Way easier to say than to do. But, Jesus is telling us that in this case, um, Solomon, you can control it. There is a place you can go mentally, so to speak, when you, those negative emotions, especially in this case envy, begin to surface in your mind. 
in your thoughts. So Solomon wrote other parts of the Bible. He wrote a book called Ecclesiastes. It's a fascinating book because he's lived his life. He's been really wise and smart, and he's he'd been rich, so he did everything, tried everything, you know, rich, what rich people do. And so it tells us about um, where you can go mentally. He's going to give us this beautiful word picture that hopefully will help you and I when the envy starts to surface in our lives. So this is in chapter 4 of this book. <clears throat> when I, this is again Solomon, observed, now he was a person that, wise people do this, they observe, they have observations of life and experiences. When I observe the most people, so you and I are most people, right? Here's what he observed, that most people are motivated by what? Altruistic reasons? No, no, no. Most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. That's what drives them. You got a bigger car than me, I'll show you. I'm going to work harder, make more money, and get a bigger car than you, or a bigger house, or, or more expensive car, or a prettier wife, or a more handsome husband, or whatever it might be. The motivating factor for most people to succeed is envy. That's the measuring. Now, he uses an interesting term. He says, but this too, he mentions other things, this too is meaningless. Now, I looked at all these translations of the Bible. There's all kinds of words translated for this word here. It means it's dumb, it's stupid, it's foolish, it's a waste. Uh, lots of different words you can put in here. But then he gives us this beautiful word picture. It's like chasing the wind. Oh, that's interesting. I'm going to, no wind in here. When I go outside, there'll be wind. So I'm going to start chasing the wind. How successful am, are you and I going to be at chasing the wind? Anybody going to succeed at that? It's a complete waste of time and energy, isn't it? And so that's what he's saying to us, okay? So you want a word picture when you start to envy? Oh, it's like chasing the wind. That's stupid. That's foolish. That's a waste of time. That's a waste of energy. Why am I doing this? It's a no-win situation. Because there's always errs. You know what errs are? They're rich-er. They're more ta talented, don't have an err in it. But anyway, uh, they're, they're, they're taller, thinner, wealthier, whatever it might be. There's always going to be errs. And it just produces dissatisfaction in our lives. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be dissatisfied. So the text goes on. He says, fools. <laughs> There's that word, foolish. Now, here's the other option. Okay, so I, instead of competing with all these people, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fold my idle hands and do nothing. And he says, that leads to ruin. No, no, that's not the solution, to do nothing, to say, I give up, to be passive. No, we should be striving to be better, striving to be, you know, all that all we can be. So that's not the solution. So I'm not going to compete with others and envy them, and I'm not going to sit around and be idle. And then he uses a, a beautiful word. He says, better one handful with tranquility. Tranquility. 
Wouldn't you love to have tranquility? He said, that's way better than two handfuls. So I got twice as much, but it's toiling, again, chasing the wind. It's a waste. I can never catch it. I can never achieve it. And all of us are created to uh, have a purpose and meaning in life and to contribute to, to our society. And he says, that's what you should pursue. And that will bring tranquility, peace, purpose, meaning to your life. You've heard the expression, less is more. <clears throat> it's certainly true here. Less is more when it leads to contentment. So if your house is bigger than mine, and I'm more contented than you, or I'm just contented, that I have to be more than you, um, my smaller house is fine, or, or my older car, or whatever it might be, my smaller bank account, whatever it might be. <clears throat> so let me suggest to you, if you've got something in your life, social media or some, some um, journal in your field of study or work or whatever, and when you access that, you are discontented, remove it. And maybe that's where you, some, some of you folks are off Facebook. It made you discontented, especially during that, all that political stuff. Or like I said, some journal or whatever. Get rid of it. Life is meant to be lived with contentment or tranquility. And the text goes on. <clears throat> he said, I observed another example. So he's going to give us a second example. Of something that was meaningless, meaningless under the sun, chasing wind. And what's, the, what's the thing in this case? He said, there's this case of a man who is all alone. He has no family, all right? Without child or brother. Now, why is this so big, especially in Jewish culture? Because you have no heritage to pass on your, your name, your family name, uh, your, your resources. Uh, big, big deal uh, in Jewish culture, but pretty important to most of us. So this guy has no one to pass on his inheritance. Yet, who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. So basically, he's saying he works sun up to sundown, seven days a week, to get more and get more, accumulate more and accumulate more. But he has no one to give it to. All right? So you kind of understand what, what Solomon's talking about. So one day, this guy has a eureka moment, so to speak. And he says, who am I working for? Now, I think this is a wonderful question for all of us to ask ourselves. Who are you working for? Now, most of us are probably, depending on your age, can, can look back and say, you know, I probably worked more than I should have, neglected my spending some time with my kids, or neglecting some, spending some time with my spouse. But most of us would answer that question, I'm doing it for my family. But most families aren't going to say, yeah, get up at sunrise and work to seven days a week until the sun goes down. They'd rather have some time with you. And unfortunately, you know, those kids grow up and they're not home anymore. And you can't uh, reclaim that time. So ask yourself, who are you working for? Then he asks himself a second question, why am I giving up so much pleasure now? So he's saying, okay, my life is out of balance. I've got all work and no play, so to speak. Why am I doing that? And then he concludes it this way. It's all so meaningless, depressing, discouraging. It's foolish. 
It's a waste. Why am I competing to get more and more? Why am I stressing myself out and missing out on some of the pleasures of life? It's making me miserable. I need to find purpose. And purpose come and meaning and purpose comes fulfillment. So let's go back to what Solomon said or wrote in Proverbs. I didn't read to you the first part of the verse. Most of the Proverbs are, have a, a flip side, all right? Two sides. So he starts off with the positive side. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. But envy rots the bones. So when, I, when I'm contented, when I have tranquility, when I'm at peace, my heart and mind, then I become healthy. And my relationships, most importantly, my relationships become he- healthy. Uh, New Testament writer Timothy writes this. He says, godliness with, who knows the verse? With what? Nobody knows that? Godliness with contentment is great, what? Anybody know that part? Great gain. You all need to read Timothy. He's got good stuff in there. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness, contentment, peaceful heart. So, you and I cannot win by chasing the win, can we? You can only lose. You can only be frustrated. You can only be wasting time. Now, on the plus side, God's given us all a race to run, a purpose in life. He's gifted us, given us talents and abilities, and from given us opportunities to employ those talents. And it's so foolish for me or you to compare my race with your race. In fact, you want to be discontented, try and run somebody else's race, live somebody else's life. Big problem with envy is this. It is so self-centered. It's all about me being, comparing myself to someone else. And anytime you and I are self-centered, nothing good comes from that. Now, we're going to notice other people and their accomplishments. So, a little bit of advice. Look at people for inspiration, not imitation, not envy. I have a neighbor. Most of you know I... I, I, I run. I'm a runner. Uh, long distance, trail running mostly, that's what I prefer. I have a neighbor who's nine years older than me, which makes him 78 years old. He's 78 years old, and most days he runs past my house both ways. Most days. Majority of days. Nine years older than me, and he's still running. And he runs five or six miles, he doesn't just run a mile or two. So I am not envious of him at all. But guess what? I'm inspired. I'm not too old to run. He's still running, so I can keep running. Came across a great quote. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to who somebody else is today. That's just so wise. So, Am I better today than I was yesterday? 
Am I wiser? Am I smarter? Am I my relationships better today than they were yesterday? Pursue progress. Pursue growth. Pursue maturity. But don't compare yourself to other people. So I'm going to give you uh, something besides chasing the wind image that I think can help you deal with envy. And that's it. And we have an old hymn that, that, you, that says this. Count your blessings, not your neighbor's blessings. See, if you sit down and think about it, all of us are blessed. I mean, especially if you've been to a third world country. Um, we were missionaries in, in, even in, in Portugal, which is a European country. And the people's lives are nowhere as near as good as ours. So, count your blessings. You know what happens when you count your blessings? You're not envious anymore. You become grateful for what you have. So, when you're tempted to compare, stop and declare, envy, you're not in control of me. You're not the boss of me. That's like chasing the wind. I'm not going to waste my time and energy doing that. And I think this is good advice for anyone, but if you're a Jesus follower, we've been saying this in this series, you already have a boss, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And he had a number one marching order for his followers, and he tells us that. He says, most important thing, love not another just as I have loved you. If you don't do anything else, love one another like I have loved you. So we have a, you should, I hopefully get answers to this question. We have a place in the Bible that tells us what love is. Where is it? Who knows? First Corinthians 13. Very good. All right. First Corinthians 13. So you get down to the fourth verse, it starts describing what love is. And here it is. Love is patient, love is kind. Positive attributes of love, right? Now notice what's the first negative Paul writes to describe what love isn't. It does not envy. So if for no other reason, the problem with envy is when you and I envy, we're not loving. We're disobeying, we're breaking the number one commandment that the Lord Jesus Christ left us with. <clears throat> now, let me end with this question. In what area of life is envy seeking or have control of your life? Is it work-related? Is it uh, spouse-related? Is it kid-related? Or is it um, recreational-related, health-related, looks-related? Is there an area of your life that envy has or is seeking to get control? So, anytime you deal with it, word picture, chasing the wind. This is chasing the wind. Not going to waste my time and energy doing that. And the other thing is, and this is going to be your next step or take home or whatever, I encourage you to take some time and actually do that this week. Do it today, most preferably. Make a list of your blessings. What you have, not what you don't have. And that will produce a grateful heart in you. Let me pray with you and let you go.
Father God, thank you. We thank you for the wisdom of your word. Uh, envy is such an ugly emotion. It does so much damage uh, just mentally and emotionally to us, but even probably more, most importantly to those around us. And God, we know it. you don't approve of it. And, it, and it, it keeps us from loving. God, forgive us. Help us to not completely, we're never going to be perfect, but help us keep control over this negative emotion. For everyone, Son of Jesus, Father, we're to pray that today would be the day they would realize their need to have a boss. Because they have a, a, a benevolent boss. You have a boss. And it's not the freedom you think you have. You're a slave. The Bible says a slave to sin. You're a slave to that negative side of you. And God wants to come in and, and clean that up, and He wants to empower you to, to live a life uh, pleasing to Him, a life of love, and a relationship that goes on in eternity. So, you can accept that gift by just saying, yes, God, I accept that gift. Um, for most of us who are Jesus followers, um, this is an area of our lives that maybe we've kind of neglected that we need to pay more attention to. So again, thank you, God, that you forgive us, empower us to have victory in this area. For your glory, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.